Welcome to Catch These Vibes. My name is Charmonique. Thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast. You're listening to my 90s series where we go over some of the most classic 90s movies. These are some of my favorite and some of your favorite movies of the 90s decade. This series has been going on for the past two seasons and we are going to be coming to a close from this topic in December, we will be done with the 90s, people. So it really is crunch time. And that is why I am doing two movies in this one episode. Yes, two movies for one episode. I know it sounds crazy, but we're we going to do it. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. And we're going to do what it do. So the two movies that we're going to be discussing are The Parent Trap and Free Willie. So these are two classic 90s movies in my book. For me personally, I love both of these movies just the same. Um, I think that The Parent Trap is definitely the more popular one for for people. And I had did a poll and The Parent Trap won. So because of that, I will talk about The Parent Trap first, but we definitely going to get into Free Willy and why I love that movie and why it makes me cry every time I watch it. <laughs> okay, so let's start off with The Parent Trap. All right, so The Parent Trap, this movie came out in 1998. Now, there was an original one that came out in 1961, but they are both based off of a book written by Eric Kastner. The book is called Das Doppelt Glotchen. So uh, they're both based off of the book. And they're, prof- they're very similar. Obviously, there are certain things about each movie that make it its own. So they're not exactly the same from beginning to, to end, but they are definitely similar movies. So the screenplay was written by Nancy Myers and David Swift. Oh, hold on, one more person. Oh, Charles Shire. And so Nancy Myers is also the director of this movie. So Nancy Myers, she's an American filmmaker and she has commercially worked on movies, well, successful commercial movies and critically acclaimed films like Private Benjamin, Irreconcilable Differences, Baby Boom, Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 2, and then here we have The Parent Trap, and then What Woman Wants, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday is Complicated, and The Intern. So shout out to her and her incredible work, and also shout out to the writers. So the movie stars Lindsay Lohan. She plays the twins, Hallie and Annie. Then we have Dennis Quaid. He is their father, Nick Parker. And then the mother is played by Natasha Richardson, Elizabeth, um, as Elizabeth James. Rest in peace to her. And then we have Elaine Hendricks. She plays Meredith Blake. I always think about the fact that I, I went to a school with the Meredith Blank. I just find that pretty cool. But Chessie is played by Lisa Ann Walter. 
and she is like like the nanny for the Parkers. And then we have Simon Kunz. He's the butler. He plays Martin. He's the butler for Elizabeth. And then, yeah, so those are pretty much the main characters. I do want to mention that Kat Graham is in this movie. So Kat Graham, she plays Jackie. She has She's in a couple of scenes. She doesn't really have any lines, but I just thought it was cool that she was in this movie. Um, people mainly know her from Vampire Diaries. She was Bonnie. And she's in a few different movies on Netflix. Like, they be really hitting her up and like, hey, you want to do this movie? Because she's in, she definitely has a, a like, three or four Netflix movies on there. So shout out to Kat Graham. And then I thought it was interesting. Her, Lindsay Lohan's brother is also in this movie. So there's a scene when they're at the camp and there's a boy and he's like, you know, I thought this was a, a boy's camp. So he's like the only little boy there. And so that's Lindsay Lohan's brother. So shout out to him. All right. So this movie was released on July 29th, 1998. Opening weekend, it made about $11 million. It went on to gross worldwide, $92 million. I don't, so I wasn't, it's not currently available on any streaming platform. So I did have to find a way to watch it. Um, I kind of, that, that gets my nerves. Cause it's like, it's one minute it'll be on a streaming platform and then the next it'll be gone. So that is why it is like important to like, if you can hold on to your DVDs, your VHS, because the streaming platform is not a guarantee. It's not going to always be on there. You know, I guess contracts go or, you know, end. And I, I think that's what it determines when move, when a movie is on a particular platform. Like just, for example, like recently, because Paramount used to have all the screen movies. It had all the screen movies except for the fourth one, but now they're not on there. And now they're on HBO Max. So Paramount only has the most two recent ones and not the others. And it's just like, damn, well, the you know, it just happened so quickly, these movies that switch to different platforms, you know. And I need to have all the screams because I only own Scream 3. I, I don't own any of the other ones. So I've been dependent on the Paramount, really, to be able to watch the Scream movies, which is, is something that I watch a lot. So... That was just something I noticed and just an example. You know, these movies are not, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to watch these movies forever on these streaming platforms. So that's always something to, to keep in mind when you think about like if you want to keep your movie collection. If you're someone who has a movie collection, try to hold on to it as long as possible. I know movies, especially like VHS, DVDs, like, they can definitely take up a lot of space. But if you can, just try your best to hold on to, you know, your movies. 
All right, so let's go ahead and get into the parent trap. So identical twins, Annie and Hallie, separated at birth. They're each raised by their biological parents. So they both end up going to this camp. So they go to a summer camp and they end up meeting each other. And at first they were butting heads. They're very competitive and has some similarities other than the obvious that they look very similar. But they end up having two rooms together because they got in trouble. So they had to go to the isolated cabin and and from there they started to find things out and discovered that they are long lost sisters, twins to be exact. So this movie is just, it's just really, really cute. And I have to give Lindsay Lohan her props because she had to play both of these characters. One had an accent, the other didn't. One had a, a different personality and the other didn't. Like the other one, um, was a little bit classier you know the one from London she was a little different than the other but like I said they still had these similarities that you can tell that one would think that they were related you know or that they would be really great friends if not related so let's just go down exactly what takes place in this movie and then we'll get into some some different did you know facts about it? And yeah, we're going to run it like that. And then we'll get into Free Willy. So they meet at this camp. And they end up doing pranks on each other. Annie and her friends was doing pranks to Hallie and her friends. And so they end up getting in trouble and getting put into the isolated cabin. So it's, they're in this cabin away from everyone else, just them two. And one thing leads to another, and they end up getting close. So they just start talking to one another, getting to know each other, and they find out that both of them only live with one of, the, one of their parents. And so they start putting two and two together, and then they realize that they they both have this picture of their parent, the parent that they don't live with, and it's, you know, split down the middle. And so they show each other those pictures, and, and then they're like, wait, that's my dad. And the other's like, wait, that's my mom. So they put the pictures together, and they realize, oh, we're, we're sisters, they also had the same birthday. So it was just so many little different things that just was like, wait, this is too much of a coincidence. So they figure out that they're related and that they're twins. So they're just having a good time bonding. And then they come up with the idea to Swiss places. So Annie... James was the one that lived with her mother, Elizabeth. And then Hallie Parker was the one that lived with her dad, Nick Parker. So obviously, Annie 
wanted to know her dad and Hallie wanted to know her mom. So Hallie was actually the one that came up with the idea that they switched places and at some point they will have to, you know, switch us back. And then we can try to get them to get back together. So they create this plan and they have to prepare, you know, tell each other the 411, give everybody, give each other, you know, information that the other one is going to need about their life, about the people in their life, their routine, different things like that. Annie had longer hair, so Hallie had to cut her hair. Also, Hallie had to pierce her ears. There was just different things that they had to do to make it convincing. There couldn't be anything that stuck out, you know, too much that it would it would give give them up right away. So they do all that, and you know, the eight weeks go by of them being at the camp, and then, then it's time for them to go home. So Hallie goes to London as Annie, and Annie goes to California as Hallie. So they switch positions, and then they just start enjoying their time with the the parent that they haven't been able to see for the 11 years of their life. Not 11 years and nine months, to be exact. So Hallie... As Annie, she's having a really, really great time, especially because she she hasn't met her mom. She's been living all her life without her mom. So she's being able to see her mom in action. Her mom was a stylist. She had her own studio. So as soon as she got to London, she was able to go to the studio with her mom and see her, see her in action. She had a photo shoot and she was putting together this, hat for the the costume that the the model was in or the wedding dress that the model was in because she designed wedding dresses so she just saw she was able to see her mom in action and see what her mom does and she just thought that her mom was so cool and then Annie as Hallie she was having a little bit harder time because of obviously she was enjoying the time with her dad but her dad had a new woman in his life. And so she just she just had to like try to think of ways to to say different things to Elizabeth. Not Elizabeth. What was her name? Hold on. I forgot her name. Oh, Meredith. Elizabeth is the mom. So Meredith. So Meredith played by Elaine Hendricks. She was a lot younger than her dad, than um, Annie's dad. And she just didn't really seem like the type of woman that you would want to be in your dad's life. Like, yes, she was beautiful. And yes, she seemed to be successful. But I don't think she was as successful as... Nick was like he he was very very well off very wealthy he had his own vineyard so he he was definitely a well a wealthy man and so she did come off as a woman who was just trying to get married to him 
and you know take advantage use him and it seemed it definitely was some a situation that happened fast because you gotta think about the fact that when annie went to camp she didn't know nothing about this lady and then when she gets back home or when hallie is back at the the vineyard now all of a sudden he's engaged and he's he's know he's going to be with this lady and so as soon as soon as Annie found that out, she was trying to call Hallie and let her know, like, we got a big problem. But Hallie, she was having such a good time with her mom. She was, she really wasn't trying to hear it. Like, she was, like, avoiding having to go back to California because she wanted to continue to spend time with, with her mom. But, I mean, at this point, her dad, their dad didn't even get to really tell Annie that he was engaged he just you know let her know that there was this new girl or new lady he was seeing so as soon as he did though he did eventually let her know that he was going to be getting married to Meredith and so she Annie panicked and tried to call Hallie again and let her know like you you have to come out here with mom sooner than what we expected dad's engaged she's going to be getting married in two weeks like we really got to do something we got to think fast so the grandpa so Elizabeth's dad he was on to he was on to um Hallie because she was doing she was just doing different things like they're having these weird calls in the middle of the night and then running to the payphone to get on a call so he had followed her and he was like you know let's go for a walk and talk things out and in California Chessie she felt like Hallie was being weird technically Annie was being weird because she just the way that she was talking just the way her appetite was different their dog sammy you know wasn't really acting the same around her so there was just different things that was like causing red flags for chessie and for the grandpa so they knew their secret and helped kind of help them create this plan well at least the grandpa did so what they end up doing is soon as they create the plan they have to let the parents know so the the mom knew so Hallie had let the mom know that she was really Annie but they didn't let the dad know yet so Elizabeth she knew that they were going to go out to London or leave London to go to California so that they can you know switch the girls back so they had her under their impression that the the dad knew everything when really she was the only one but she was freaking out because she hasn't seen him for years and the feelings are probably still there they had unresolved issues unresolved feelings and she just didn't want to you know go to california see him and then fall back in love with him at the side of him so she was drinking and and just was like you know freaking out 
so they go they go to California and they're at this hotel and at the hotel is also Meredith and her parents they they meet Nick everybody is under one hotel so being under one hotel obviously you're going to run into each other so Nick he he's on the elevator with Meredith and he sees Elizabeth and he's just super shocked when he sees her I love that scene and he's not you know he doesn't know anything so he's not understanding like what she's doing there and then he ends up like looking for her because he's he doesn't know what's going on so he ends up looking for her outside and then he he falls into the pool and he sees her and then that's when the two twins they appear and that's when you know they find out or at least he finds out that both of the girls are there and that he's been with Annie this whole time instead of instead of Hallie so they come up with this whole idea that they're going to go to dinner and spend some time together but the girls they didn't have any intentions on joining them from dinner they really just wanted their parents to have the dinner and it was really really romantic but the mom Elizabeth she was just she was definitely holding back I think she just was scared of being hurt scared of like putting herself out there and she just didn't want to like get get her hopes up thinking that oh this is our opportunity to be together so she was just kind of kind of playing hard to get and not really trying to fall back into into love with him so she just was like yeah let's just you know not even go there unless it doesn't you know matter because he started asking her questions you know asking her why did she leave and what made her leave and then that's when she tells him that they were because they were young when they first got married or when they were first together and so she told him that they were having a lot of issues and it was just pretty much toxic and so she had packed her bags and left and she just was like you know you never came for me you never came to get me you never ran after me so it was just kind of like you just let me go and then it's like you didn't really care so she made a point to say that and she let him know that's how she felt and he was basically like well I didn't know that you wanted me to run after you like I didn't know that that's what you wanted so they were preparing to go their separate ways go back to London go back to California or back home in Cali in in Napa California to be exact but the girls were like well you know what you owe us our camping trip like we need to do the camping trip you this is our time to experience this together it's already something that you and Hallie do traditionally and so we should all you know be a part of it before we have to go back to London and so they pretty much was just like, yeah, we not, y- y'all don't know who is who. Like, we, they was just playing with them, like, playing, toying with their head. And they couldn't really tell them apart. So they was like, you would, you know, you would hate to take the wrong one back to London or take the wrong one home. So they gave in and they decided, okay, let's do this camping trip. And then at that point, we will 
you know, go home back to London or whatever. So the four of them were going to go on the capping trip, but Meredith, she had a problem with it. She was just like, you know, I really don't feel comfortable with Elizabeth going on this capping trip. So Elizabeth was like, all right, you know, you don't feel comfortable. Well, why don't you go ahead and go then? You know, it will be a time, perfect time for you to get to know the girls. Y'all could bond. Y'all could have a good time together, you know. So how about you go instead of me? So they all go on the capping trip. Elizabeth, Nick, Annie, and Hallie. And so the whole time they on the trip, they just messing with Meredith, pretty much bullying that lady. It a lot of funny scenes are from that capping trip. The the most memorable scene is when the dang lizard goes into her mouth. That scene traumatized me. You know, I, I was scared of lizards for a very long time. And that scene traumatized me like Oh my gosh, if that was to ever happen to me, I I don't know what I would do. So she was rightfully freaking out, but she ended up getting so fed up with them, messing with her. She told Nick, she gave him an ultimatum. She was like, yeah, as soon as we get married, they going off to, to boarding school. You need to choose them or me. And with no hesitation, Nick was like them. Like, I don't know. Why, what you thought you I was going to say? Like, lady, these are my children. I've only known you for some months. And you really thought I was going to pick you over my kids? Like, she was definitely tripping. So she was big mad about that. Ended up throwing the ring at him and, and leaving. And so he put the girls on punishment. They headed back to, the, to his house. Girls were in trouble. And so it was just... This was the opportunity for Elizabeth and and Nick to, you know, spend some quality time together. And I think she definitely was the mastermind of it because she like, you know what? You you got a problem with me going on the cabin trip with my baby daddy and my kids. Well, how about you go ahead and go and see how and see how that, you know, turns out for you. And we see that it broke them up. She her true side, her true intentions came out. And, you know, there's no longer a marriage going or a wedding going on between them two. So they, Nick and Elizabeth, they, you know, end up spending some time together and and talking. And he kind of just, I guess, comes to his senses and just like, you know, trying to, I guess in a way kind of convince her that maybe they should try it again. But she still was like playing tough and not wanting to just fall head over heels into his arms. Like she just really did not want to do that. And she got teary eyed and then Chessie and Martin, they ended up coming home. So that kind of interrupted what they had going on, their, their talk. And so the next day, they so what they decided is that the girls they would um I think they had decided that the girls would come over or come to London for a certain holiday and then go back to California I think for New Year's or something like that they just they figured out some type of arrangement so that the girls would be able to see each other and they'll be able to see you know their parent, each parent. And so 
Elizabeth and Annie, they left to London. And so once they got to London, once they arrived, Hallie was there. And then in walks Nick. And so they were able to get there faster. And he just was like, you know, I let you go the first time. I didn't want to make that mistake again. And she eventually just, you know, let go and stopped trying to be brave. And they kissed and they got married. So the movie ends with them at the wedding and it shows these really cute pictures of them just having a good time. And it's just a really, really cute movie. Like, I I really love this movie. So we're going to go ahead... That was not the quickest way I could sum it up. I'm I'm actually surprised that I, I summed it up that way. So we're just gonna get into some some facts about it, and then get into Free Willy. So, as I mentioned, Lindsay Lohan was very very impressive with this, in this movie the way that she played the two characters, and so for her split screen scenes, Lindsay Lohan wore an earpiece which would play back the dialogue of the other sister. So when you think about it, like doing a movie like this, I know it just takes so much work when you think about what having to do both parts and and if the the dialogue was playing in the earpiece, then that means that she already did like the voiceover thing, you know, parts and everything like and then having to switch outfits to to be this twin and do and do that twin like I imagine that it was just a lot of work. So this movie was actually Lindsay Lohan's feature film debut. She was in a short movie in 1996. So I had already mentioned that her brother, Lindsay Lohan's brother, Michael Lohan, he was the little boy that was lost at the girl camp. So it was a thing for her siblings to appear as extras in her movies. So I thought that was interesting. So Mara Wilson, she auditioned for the dual roles, but was ultimately passed over because the producers felt she wasn't old enough to play the parts. So Mara Wilson, that is the girl who played Matilda, another movie that I did and that I loved growing up. So Scarlett Johansson, Alex McKenna, Michelle Trachtenberg, and Tina Majorino also tried out for the leads. So when Hallie arrives in London and meets Martin at the airport, at the point where the two begin their greeting, you can see Lindsay Lohan's mother holding her brother Dakota Lohan, and beside her is Lindsay's other brother, Michael Lohan, and sister, Eliana Lohan. If you watch closely, Allie can be seen turning around to watch her sister. Then Lindsay's mother turns to look as well. So the next time you watch this movie, look out for that at the airport scene. Because obviously that's something I never noticed. But, you know, there's certain things you don't know to look for. And sometimes you're, well, most times when watching a movie, we're focused on the characters. You're not really looking at what's going on in the background. So next time I watch it, I'm definitely going to look out for that. So the twins in this version are named after the daughters of director Nancy Myers and producer Charles Shire. Annie Myers Shire and Hallie Myers Shire 
both of whom have small parts in the movie. Hallie plays a girl in the beginning at camp who asks where the Navajo bunk is, and Annie plays the towel girl at the hotel who brings Elizabeth the first aid kit. The character whom Hallie Myers Shire plays, conversely, is named Lindsay, after Lindsay Lohan, the actress who plays Hallie and Annie. The scene where Annie and Hallie are lying in bed and the camera pans from the moon to the parents' picture to the twins took six hours to get right. Lindsay Lohan had to change from Annie to Hallie and back all the time. So this movie took a whole eight months, three weeks, and two days to shoot. In the casting of the dual role of twins Hallie and Annie, Director Nancy Myers kept saying, I'm looking for a little Diane Keaton. Diane is so alive on screen, and that's what I wanted from the actress in these parts. Lizzie Lohan can be heard singing, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a song that's from the original, the the one that came out in 1961, and they do the whole performance. It's so cute. I, I do enjoy that one as well. The only thing with that one, though, is like the... It was either was it the mom or the the lady that he was going to get married to? She was just very abusive. Like she was like going upside the dad's head like a a lot a lot of of the movie. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that movie, you noticed that she was just very abusive, low key. But yeah, so you you can hear her singing that song as she walks into the elevator at the Stafford Hotel. After Hallie arrives in London, her mother takes her to a photo shoot. Above this, we hear a cover version of Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, one of the songs on their album, Abbey Road. As we watch Hallie and her mother on her, her way, they cross the same street the same way as the Beatles did for the cover photo of the album, Abbey Road. Even the cars on the side are the same. Definitely something that I noticed. So in the movie, Dennis Quaid is engaged to a 26-year-old gold digger. Coincidentally, he married his fourth wife when she was 26 years old. As a result, his co-star, Elaine Hendricks, tweeted to him, better watch out for those twins. So the reaction of Nick Parker seeing Elizabeth for the first time in 11 years is identical to James Garner's character's reaction, move over, darling upon seeing his missing wife after five years. In both films, the man is on the elevator with his current partner and leans over in disbelief as the door closes. Garner's character in Move Over, Darling, is also named Nick. Garner actually copied the move in the elevator from Cary Grant, who did the same thing in the movie My Favorite Wife. When Grant entered the elevator with his new bride, Gail Patrick, he was shocked to see his first wife, Irene Dunn, who after seven years, had been declared missing at sea and presumed dead that very morning. Move Over, Darling is a remake of My Favorite Wife. Dennis Quaid also does a very distinctive voice impersonation of Cary Grant in the scene following the camping trip. There's a deleted scene that slots between Hallie and Martin meeting at Heathrow Airport and Hallie meeting her mother and grandfather. Hallie is in a limo with Martin and they come across Buckingham Palace. She gets out and tries to get one of the guards to move. The guards then crowd around information as the queen exits Buckingham Palace in a car. 
The window rolls down and Halle speaks to the queen, getting confused with your highness or your majesty or whatever, or whether to curtsy. The queen promises not to tell a soul and moves off. Director Nancy Myers had a difficult time getting the uniforms, location, and an actress to play the queen. Although the scene is shot well, it was ultimately deleted due to pacing problems. Writer and director Nancy Myers handpicked Lindsay Lohan to play the dual role of the twins in the film and phoned the Lindsay, Lo Lo Lindsay or the Lohan household herself to inform the actress that she had landed the part. To find the actress who would play Hallie and Annie in exhausting or exhaustive at casting search was conducted in Boston, Chicago, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Miami, Vancouver, Toronto, and London with open calls in New York and Los Angeles. During the booby-trapped cabin scene where the water balloon is dropped into Annie's, onto Annie's head, a thumbtack was fastened into Lindsay Lohan's hair so the balloon would pop before actually hitting her. The balloon was so heavy that simply dropping it on her head would not have been likely to pop it and could have caused serious neck injuries. This seemingly fun and silly stunt would be realistically dangerous without taking proper precautions. There's an extended ending where Hallie tells Annie, you guys are going to love living in California. To which Annie replies, California, you guys are going to love living in London. Then Hallie replies, London, in the front yard, Sammy is barking to the poodle next door as Chessie and Martin are kissing and Charles is getting home. Hmm. Yeah, that would have been, I could see that happening because it's like, we don't really know what their arrangement is. They don't really get into it. It just kind of is like, oh, we're we going to figure it out. So we don't know if they all decided to live in London. I mean, I imagine that, I would imagine that they will all just move to California because he has a a big enough place for, you know, them all. And, you know, he owns that whole vineyard. And then she could, you know, come to California and open a studio out there. So I just imagine that they will all just go to California. But I can I can also see, her having an issue with that because she's well established in London she has her studio and everything so but yeah that would have been interesting to you know see exactly what they decided to do so Lindsay Lohan has starred in a number of movies that involve some sort of swapping in this movie she plays both twin sisters who swap lives and pretend to be one another in Freaky Friday, her character swaps bodies with their mother. In Just My Luck, her character swaps fortune and luck with a man. So, oh, this is, well, I would have guessed that, but this was the acting debut of Kat Graham, who played Jackie. So, yeah, I mentioned her. She's She plays Bonnie um, from The Vampire Diaries. So by the time the movie came out, all of the cast members that played adult family members in the original The Parent Trap film had passed away, with Brian Keith, who played the twins' father, dying just one year prior to this version's release, except for Maureen O'Hara, 
who played the twins, mother, and Joanna Barnes, who played the wicked girlfriend, Vicky. Sadly, the former also outlived Natasha Richardson, who played the twins' mother in the remake. And I believe she was she was married to Liam Neeson. So in the hotel, Annie tells her mom that her dad is marrying Cruella DeVille. Natasha Richardson's sister, Jolie Richardson, played Anita in the live 101 Dalmatians. Three years after the release of the movie, Lisa Ann Walter would give birth to twins on October 11th, the same day as the birth of the twins in the movie. So, and Lisa Ann Walter is who again? Let me see. Oh, Chessie. Wow, what a full circle moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that is The Parent Trap. We are now going to move on to our next movie, Free Willy. All right, now Free Willy. So this movie right here, I don't know, I think it's a little underrated because I don't really hear a lot of people talk about it as much as you know other movies like say for example the parent trap but i think it's a really good movie like it's just it really makes me emotional like i literally cried when i watched it recently because it's just so it's such a touching movie and i don't know what it is about movies that involve animals and like when bonds are created between a a human and animal I don't know it just it just does something to me man so this movie Free Willy it came out in 1993 so July 16 1993 it has an estimated budget of 20 million and went on to sell worldwide 153 million almost 154 this movie was directed by Simon Windsor. Keith Walker, he wrote the screenplay, so he's the creator of the story. And also Corey Blackman had a part in creating this the screenplay. So Jason James Richter, he plays Jesse, who's the little boy in the movie. Lori Petty, she's Ray Lindley. Jane Atkinson is Annie Greenwood. August Schillenberg is Randolph Johnson. Michael Madsen is Glenn. And then we also have Michael T. Williamson. He plays Dwight Mercer. And then also Danielle Harris. She plays Gwenny, which is one of the friends, one of the the kids that he runs around with. And she's the girl off of, if you've seen the, the Halloween movies, she was Jamie. So shout out to her. So shout out to the whole cast and crew. Let's go ahead and get into this movie and what it's about. So this boy, Jesse, his mom pretty much abandoned him. She dropped him off at what I believe to be maybe some type of foster home or something. And so Dwight, he is, he's like, he works for CPS, I believe. And so he's like his caseworker and he is 
been helping him out, trying to keep him out of trouble. So he ends up getting in trouble because he was running around with his friends, stealing food because they was hungry. And they, him and his friend end up vandalizing the aquarium. So Dwight was able to get him out of trouble because he was going to go to juvenile, you know, juvenile jail or whatever. So he ended up getting him out of that and hooked him up or set him up with this couple. And so he was able to get him to go to their home instead of going to, you know, juvenile and juvenile detention. And he had to just pay his debt by cleaning up the aquarium and fixing up, you know, the damage that he caused. So before that, though, the beginning of the movie, it shows these people capturing Willie. So Willie, he's the orca. Well, he gets captured and he gets separated from his family. And so they take him to these, this aquarium so that he can, you know, make make the money. So that is the aquarium that Jesse ends up having to clean up since he vandalized it. And so right away, once he starts going there and cleaning up him and Willie, they kind of start bonding. They, I don't know, they just kind of needed each other and they didn't really know it. So they just kind of created this relationship. And it's like Jesse, he understood him. And for whatever reason, Willie, he just, he wasn't fucking with the people at the aquarium, but he, for whatever reason, like Jesse and so they were they bonded he was able to do things Jesse was able to do things for Willie and with Willie that nobody else was able to he just didn't cooperate because he was homesick he missed his family you know he was still technically I guess considered a a kid well or a teenager he just was you know young and so he was separated from his family and so he was really, really sad about that. And he didn't he didn't want to partake in, in any of the, the shows that they were having at the aquarium. He just didn't want to cooperate at all. And so for whatever reason, though, he cooperated with Jesse. And so one night, Jesse, he goes to the aquarium. He sneaks out and he was going to get caught so he ended up running and he ran and tripped and fell into the water and Willie saved him Willie saved him from drowning and helped him get out of the water and put him on the you know on the side of the pool and he was like he woke up and he was like wow you saved me and he really felt touched by that like wow this this well saved my life like he could have just let me drown you know what I mean so from then on they just they continue to get closer Jesse and Willie they just created this friendship and Willie was capable of doing these different tricks and and doing these different jumps these are this was different things that you know nobody saw because he was not he didn't really want to do it for anybody else. So Ray, um, played by Lori Petty, she's like the marine bi- biologist. She's the trainer. 
And so she notices that Jesse has this capability of getting Willie to do different things. And Randolph, he's like, I don't know what he, his title would be, but I would like equate it to like the groundskeeper. So basically he like, he helps out with different things around the aquarium and helps with, you know, making sure things are running properly. If there's a situation where they need to get Willie out of the pool, then he would be the one that will be, you know, taking care of that and different things like that. And so he lived pretty close to the aquarium. And so Randolph and Jesse, they also created a bond. And he he told him stories about his people and where he came from and, and their connection with the water and their connection with the whales, you know, the animals or, you know, the sea creatures pretty much. And so that was something that Jesse was very interested in and so much so that he went back to the house that he was staying at with Annie and Glenn and he told Annie about the story so as he's starting to get more into being and working at the aquarium because eventually he cleaned up everything and so that assignment was done but Randolph they liked him around and they like the the effect that they that he had on Willie so they offered him like a summer job they'll you know give him some money get some money in his pocket and also be something to help keep him out of trouble and so Glenn and Annie they liked that idea so they let him do it and with him going to the aquarium and staying out of trouble and getting interested in doing something it helped him kind of get closer to Glenn and Annie because they they just wanted to help him out. They just wanted, you know, to be his parents. You know, first be his friends, but then eventually consider, you know, his parents. But Jesse, he was he's still very young. I think he was like 12. So he still felt like his mom was going to come back for him. So that was a very sensitive subject, as it would be for any kid you know, that, that hasn't completely understood or accepted the fact that their their parent just left them. That's a very hard pill to swallow and to think like what mom or what dad, what parent just will leave their kid. Like that was something that he was not willing to accept. So anytime anyone would talk to him about it, he would be upset about it and get get very irritated and frustrated with them because he did believe that she was going to come back for him or that he would be able to find her. So that was something that caused a lot of tension between him and Dwight, who was his caseworker. And he would just tell him straight up, like, your mom is not coming back for you. We done looked for her. I don't know why you think you can find her when we, we, we've been looking for her. So the people that owned the aquarium they didn't want to invest any money on getting him a bigger a bigger so the the pool that that had that they had Willie in was too small for him too small for a well his size so they weren't willing to invest in getting something bigger unless they knew that they could make a profit off of him because currently 
they weren't he wasn't cooperating he wasn't really performing he wasn't putting on a good show so because of that they weren't making any money and so they decided okay well if you guys can get him to you know perform and and we can see that it's making some money then then we'll be willing to you know buy him a bigger tank and you know go from there so Jesse and Ray, they, they, and Randolph, they all start, you know, working up a routine with Willie and it seems to be going well. And so they, they show that routine to the owners of the aquarium. And, and so they're sold and they feel like, okay, if you think that he's, you're, you're going to be able to do this in front of an audience, then we're in, we think this is going to be a lot of money or that's going to bring in a lot of money. So they put on the Willie show. So everybody comes out like it's a full audience. And, and you know, Jesse, he's practiced his routine with Willie. And so everything's on and popping. At least that's what they thought. So Willie, he started to go back to his old ways. I don't know if it just made him nervous. He just didn't like the fact that or he wasn't used to it. But, you know, you know, in aquariums where you can, there's like a, a area that you can go to where you can see there's glass and you can see the water. You're pretty much under the water, but in just an area that obviously there's no water in. So they were able to see Willie through the glass and he was able to see all the kids, all the people, you know, pounding on the glass. And he just, he didn't really like it. And so that caused him to not do the performance for the show. So the the performance, the show, the Willie show was not a success because Willie didn't want to perform. And so that was obviously very embarrassing for Jesse. And he was really hurt by it and felt really disappointed and kind of blamed himself for it. So he was upset again and feeling like he wanted to leave and he needed to go find his mom and go be with her. You know, every every single time something happened, Jesse felt like everything that was going good didn't matter anymore. And, you know, he's young, so he don't really understand how to deal with his emotions, deal with disappointment and everything, not really understand how to communicate the right way, you know, because the, the I forgot their, their name. Hold on. What was their last name? Atkins, oh, Greenwood, okay, so the Greenwood, so Glenn, Annie, and Glenn Greenwood, the couple that he was living with, they were really, like, good people, they were really trying their hardest to just, you know, make him happy, and give him a good home to, for him to, you know, be able to have some stability, which is what he really wanted, Jesse really wanted that, but he just, didn't really understand how to trust them he didn't understand why they wanted to help him you know he just he definitely had trust issues so every time something bad happened he was you know being rude to them and unappreciative to them so he was definitely upset about the the Willie show not going good and so he decides that he's going to go ahead and run away he goes to the aquarium to say bye to Willie. And that's when he he realizes that, I don't know if it's this part or, or part prior to this, but he realizes that 
Willie's family is he could see their his family in the ocean that they're crying for him he's crying for them and so he 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 was just like okay his family is out there that they actually miss each other like he's sad about that and so he ends up going to the lower level of the aquarium part and he sees that the owners the people that work with the owner are trying to sabotage the tank so they they took a screw out which would let out the water and that would you know eventually kill Willie because he has to you know he has to be in the water and they had to do something about that quick so Jesse he goes and he tells Randolph that that the the water is leaking and that's when Randolph says they're trying to kill Willie because they have a, a one million dollar insurance policy on Willie so I guess the owners figured okay well if we're not making any money off of him I guess what we can do is is kill him and then we'll be able to get that insurance money and you know do whatever do whatever with it so that was their plan so so Jesse he was like okay well we got to get him out of here we got to get him out of here and get him to the ocean so that he could be free and get you know get back to his family so Randolph and him work together to get Willie out of the tank and then Ray comes and then she starts to help them. And so what they do is they steal Glenn, they steal his tow truck. And so they all were trying to get him, get Willie to the ocean, but they ended up getting stuck. And so they ended up having to ask for help from Glenn and from Annie. And so they got there, I mean, because they stole his car. So he had to, he had woke up and, and realized his car was stolen. He figured it was Jesse because Jesse was gone, but he wasn't sure. And so Jesse called him and let him know what was going on. And so he, Jesse begged Glenn to help him out. And, you know, Glenn could see that that was something that was really important to him and that he really, really cared about was helping Willie. And he was just like, you know, if you can do this for me, I'll do whatever you guys want. Oop -oop. So they gave in and they, they eventually helped because they saw that it meant so much to Jesse. So they did what they had to do to try to get to the ocean. But once they got to the ocean, the owner and his and his crew, they were already there trying to to stop them from getting Willie to the water so they they're able to get Willie in the water and Jesse he's like talking to Willie trying to get him to go to swim away but they have boats in the in the water waiting so that they can pretty much get him caught in the net and and capture him again so Jesse he has to think fast and there's like this this rocky border that is pretty much um leading to another side of the ocean that the boats aren't at so he gets Willie to follow him over to that border that's kind of like cutting off the ocean or whatever and so the plan is to get Willie to jump over that so that he can avoid the boats and you know be free and you know join his family so 
he he has this really sentimental talk to Willie, and he's like, "You could do it. You all you gotta do is jump once, and then you'll be free, and then you'll be with your family." So Willie he starts swimming around, and and getting prepared so he could make this jump, and, and so Willie jumps up over the border, over Jesse to the other side of the ocean, and then you know he's free. And I just love that part so much. It's just, this movie is just so good, so touching, so moving, and it's just a really sweet movie. So free, the movie's about freeing Willie, freeing this, this well that was captured and, and held at this aquarium to make, for these people to make a profit off of him. And he wasn't even well taken care of. And he, he just really wanted to be back with his family. And, and just, it definitely does make you think about like zoos and, you know, different aquariums out there that have these animals for show and tell. It just, it makes it hard for you to enjoy those things. Like I've always wanted to go to an aquarium. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to one, but now I just feel, I feel bad about going to one if I ever do. Because you're just thinking about, okay, these these animals aren't supposed to be here. They're supposed to be free, you know, in the ocean or free in some type of jungle. You know, when you go to the zoo, I've been to a zoo plenty of times, but it's been a long time since I've been to one. But you just think about, you know, that these animals most likely were take, taken away from their family and taken away from their, their home. And so... It's just sad to think about, but that's just the way, you know, things are. People make a profit off of these animals and do whatever it takes to make some money. So there is another Free Willy movie. Free Willy 2 came out two years later, and that one is about him, Jesse, being reunited with Willy. And he has to try to save him again from an oil spill. So that one's good as well. I I need to see that one because it's been a while. So yeah, that's Free Willy. It's a very, very cute movie. I love it. It's very sentimental to me. Makes me cry. It's sweet. And then at the end of the movie, when the, the credits go... There's a Michael Jackson song that plays and it's just, you just hear the Michael Jackson song and then it's just showing the orcas swimming in the ocean. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it just does something to me, y'all. So after the movie was released, it brought the living conditions of the star Oka, Orca, whose name is Kiko. So the Orca that plays Willie, his real, the real name is Kiko to the world's attention. His tank was too small with too warm chlorinated artificial salt water. Kiko suffered from a weakened immune system and a skin condition around his pectoral fins. There was a monumental effort to release Kiko. A custom tank was built in the Oregon Coast Aquarium in 1966. The well was flown from Mexico to Oregon. He recovered well and was moved to Sea Pen in 1998. In July 2002, Kiko was released into the wild after spending 22 years in captivity. 
Unfortunately, he did not fully adapt to the wild and died in December 2003 in Norway. Kiko became the second oldest orca to live in captivity. Wow, that's sad. Richard Donner came up with the idea of including the Earth Island Institute hotline in the end credits, despite the studio's concern at first. After the release of the film, millions of moviegoers called the number where $20 million was donated for the Save the Wells Foundation. I bet, because this, this movie is really that impactful that it will make you want to, like, do something to, to help these types of animals. Like, so I know that, you know, people that saw this movie and the theaters, they was like, oh, yeah, I got to do something. Well, well, let me see. Let me call this number. So they clearly was calling. And a lot of people donated. So that's good to know. Most close-up shots involving limited movement by Willie, such as when he is in the trailer and the sequences of him swimming in the open water, was a 20-foot animatronic well. Walt Conti, who supervised the effects of the orca, estimated that half of the shots of the orca used animatronic stand-ins. He also stated that the smaller movements of the real orca made things difficult in some ways for him and his crew. So they had to concentrate on smaller nuances in order to make the characters seem alive. So this is the only Free Willy film in which Willy is played by Kiko. An animatronic killer whale played Willy in the sequels. The producers auditioned 23 orcas for the role of Willy. Wow. They auditioned the animals too. That's cool. 21 of them belonged to SeaWorld, who declined the offer to have their orcas for movie work after they were unimpressed with the script's message. And at one point, they requested a new ending. After this scene where Jesse and the Greenwoods eat dinner, the next scene where the Greenwoods take Jesse to his new room showed a sunset cloud above that looks like an orca where the fin sticking up, this was a coincidence to the movie. So yeah, once he once they show him the room, it's a really no, nice room and has a really nice view. So he actually was pretty blessed and fortunate to end up with, you know, them, the Greenwoods. They seemed like really great people. They had a cool room. Like they were, it looked like they were really prepared to just, you know, take care of him and give him all the things that he could need and, and want. So Jack Nicholson actually turned down the role of the villain, Dial, balking at the low pay offered. The harmonica, along with the orca statue and the baseball, are displayed at the Oregon Film Museum, housed in the Clatsop County Jail, famously known for appearing in the Goonies during the Fratellis Jail Escape. So Time Magazine reported that there were two animatronic robots standing in for Kiko, a complete one coated with 1,350 kilograms of rubber and just a top part with big underwater propellers to imitate swift swimming. Special effects supervisor Walt Conti said that the dummy looked so realistic to Kiko that he became... What? I'm not reading that. That's so weird. Why would you even say that? On Jesse's first day at work at the park, he observes two sea lions performing. They kiss, wave, stand on their front flippers, bow, and do a variety of other tricks. 
these were trained sea lions that were responding to trainers' visual and verbal cues with fish as a reward. Willie circles and swims about the pool during the scene. Hiko was responding to his trainer's cues and was rewarded with fish. So all the stunts with Kiko were performed by the young trainer, Justin Sherbert, who's known additionally by his stage name, Justin Sherman. Debbie Derryberry, Debbie Derryberry was Jason James Richter's stunt double for some scenes, including Jesse falling in, into the tank before Willie saves him, which was shot at midnight at the time Richter is only allowed to work until 10 p.m. And Windsor was concerned that he won't be able to hold his breath for long. She also sang a note to keep her bubbles the same size while being pushed to the stage by Kiko. All of Kiko's scenes were shot at the same or at the time Rieno Aventura was going through renovations that lasted from May to June. So the first six weeks of production took place in Mexico before moving to Oregon for the remainder of the film. In the original draft, Jesse does not speak until near the end of the movie where he shouts, Free Willy, during Willie's jump to freedom. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have liked that. Him not talking the whole time? Uh-uh. I mean, that would be understandable if he just didn't talk, but I'm glad that they changed that. As one of the first five films to be released under Warner Brothers, Family Entertainment in the same year since the label's formation in 1992, Free Willy also marked the second film overall and was released three weeks after Dennis the Menace, four weeks before The Secret Garden, four months before The Nutcracker, and five months before Batman Mask of the Phantasm. In addition to being the first Warner Brothers family entertainment film to feature the second variant of the logo, that just shows Bugs Bunny's carrot-eating pose. Sandy Hook victim Jessica Ricos had a passion about becoming a marine biologist after watching the movie along with the sequels and reboot. She also wrote about orcas in her journal. Both Lori Petty and Jane Atkinson, who play Ray Lindley and Annie Greenwood, respectively, both star on Netflix's two most successful shows, Petty in Orange is the New Black, and Atkinson in House of Cards. Wow, that short is her. I really didn't even connect the two. I knew she looked familiar, but I couldn't just, I couldn't think of what she was in. So Danielle Harris and Richie Rail went on to appear in Roseanne, The West Wing, and the Halloween remakes, sequel Halloween 2. Speaking of the Halloween franchise, in addition to appearing in the remake films, Danielle Harris starred in Halloween 4 and Halloween 5, with the former being directed by Free Willy 2, the Adventure Home director, and James Jason James Richter's stepfather, Dwight H. Little, who collaborated with Harris in Mark for Dead, and directed a couple episodes of Bones and film Natty Knox, in which Richter and Harris appeared in both. So... Let me see if there's anything else that I find interesting. Some Free Willy actors worked on different DC projects that involved the character Superman. Richard Donner directed Superman and was the original director for Superman 2 until he was fired mid-production. 
Lori Petty and Michael Ironside voiced Livewire and Darkseid, respectively, in Superman, the animated series, along with other DC properties. Ironside also appeared on Smallville as Sam Lane. Jim Michaels co-produced the first three seasons of Lois and Clark, the adventures, the new adventures of Superman. All right. Okay, well, that's all that I really see. Hold on, let me see. After Willie has jumped over the break wall, Jesse's farewell to Willie is very reminiscent to the end of The Goonies, one of Jason James Richter's favorite films, when Mikey said his goodbye to another Willie, One-Eyed Willie. Both films share a connection. Not only they are set in the Pacific Northwest, as well as being shot in Astoria, Oregon, and Ecola State Park, Richard Donner directed The Goonies and executive produced the all three Free Willy films. In addition, Keith Walker wrote Free Willy after being inspired by the seaside setting of Astoria while working on The Goonies. A little bit of foreshadowing occurred when Ray asked Jesse if he has a girlfriend after revealing that Charlie's her partner. In his sequels, Jesse did find interesting girls and was in a brief relationship with Randall's goddaughter. Nadine. Okay, I, I think I remember that. All right, well, that is Free Willy. If you haven't watched this movie, I hope that this inspires you to go watch it because it is a really good movie. I love it a lot. Next week, we are going to be talking about two movies again. So, two movies in one episode. Both of these ep- ep- both of these movies have little in the title. So we're going to be talking about Little Rascals and Little Giants. This was another situation where I could not choose between the two because I think that the Little Rascals is the more popular one, but the Little Giants is is just as good. Like it's that was the one that I feel like I don't know, I can't even say if if it's the favorite, but I really enjoy both of the movies. So I want to talk about both of them. So that's going to be what our next episode will be about. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a great rest of your week and vibe out.